Oh, man. It's not all marked up, man. It's a sign of respect. For 10 years, man, I've been star trekking in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Thought if I came and looked at this, I might find my way back, you know? Damn, we were all innocent, eh? It's all gone, Crucito. It ain't like that anymore. What, not even a little carnalismo left in there, is it? What, you think you use brotherhood up like a shot of tequila? You just drink it down, it burns, makes you feel good, yeah. And then you're left with the hangover the rest of your life. Look, man, you showed me your mural. You're a good artist. I think you're the best. Now, come on, let's go. Hey, just because you wear sunglasses don't mean you're blindness, eh? Oh, shit. You want to know what I see up there? A fantasy, man. A dream. Three vatos looking for something that wasn't there. Loco, we stood by each other. We trusted each other. Orale, that's worth believing in. Shit, we were familia, Holmes. You never again, Crucito. Miklo and I are finished, man. He ain't my family. I hate that fucking puton. You gotta scrape his ass off the wall like dirt. Chale, vato, no matter how much hate there is between you and him, you're still connected. You got the same blood pumping through both your hearts, you say? That's a bond you can never break. Neither can Miklo. He's still just trying to be like you. Oh, that's bullshit, Simone, say, Come on! El Gallo Negro, the baddest Chicano in the barrio. No, that ain't me. Not anymore. You ain't changed a bit, is it? Oh, so what? What are you saying? It's all my fault the way everything turned out? What, you think you got so much fucking power, huh? Control everybody's destiny? Chale. No, you're right, man. No, I'm not. I set Miklo up. I made him go after Spider. I mean, I started the whole fucking thing. Relax, Ese. Your back wouldn't be all fucked up. Miklo wouldn't be in prison, he'd still have his leg. Hey, I forgive you, Ese. I don't want your forgiveness, man! That's your fucking problem, is say. You can't forgive yourself. You need that guilt. It's what keeps you going. Hey, I know, bro. I fed mine through a needle for 10 years. And that weirdo up there hating his own fucking white skin? <laughs> Shit, he's got it worse than both of us. We gotta cut it loose, carnal. It's fucking... That's who we are. Three vatos locos, full of carnalismo. Trying to survive in a fucking war zone. But what I know now, bro, is that I need my familia to do it. We all do. Even you, pinche jura. Badass cop. Hey, don't back away, vato. Life's a risk, carnal. Remember, you said it yourself. Pozorale, step into the ring and throw down, ese. You a badass? Take care of business, Holmes. Caiga, puto. Because we're from East Los, ese. We come out chased by hounds. Huh? 
Round and round we go, wearing a pinche rabbit's foot for luck, just ahead of the fucking hounds. Q.O. Que vida es! Que loca vida, homes! Pero sabes que ese. Hey, we got something better than a rabbit's foot, homes. We've got familia. Raza, wey. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, sir? Crees mucho, gallo negro. You may be bad, but you can't dance like smooth, crude. Oh, shit. I remember you, vato. Ah, ay, ay, ay. Cayo negro, vato. I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. Oh, sí. Simón, el merengue at the Tender Trap 72. Rucas got their hearts broke. And I kick your ass. Shit, oh, shit man. I'm breaking hard dead faces, vato. Oh, shit. You still can't dance, ese? You still can't dance, y que loco. Yeah, but you can learn, ese. I'll teach you, Simón. Because it ain't ever over, homes, ever. Bailamos hasta que nos morimos ese. ¡Au! ¡Au! in high school well actually I was in Enterprise it's Enterprise is sort of like a jail school for kids on probation and I'll explain why I was even there in the first place in another podcast because just like the other ones it needs a full thing to be it needs a full thing to be explained anyways I was there and I mean I understand the school system and how they think but if you want to fix somebody you don't put them with other people that are broken they just teach each other how to be more broken so while I was there I spent out more out of control and I dug myself deeper in that hole I mean if, if, if they would have just sent me home then I, I would have been fine but because of the people I met there it made it more appealing to be an outlaw not an outlaw but like an outlaw it, it made it more appealing to be an outsider somebody that didn't fit in because I didn't want to fit in because it didn't feel like I fitted in so I wanted to be as out as I could be and I feel like the people that I met there felt the same way so I didn't want to be tied down even though I was tied down so if I couldn't lash out while I was at school I would lash out while I was out and um this is the kind of school where you can't wear any colors besides black and white you couldn't wear anything else you they would pat you down as you came in 
it would pat you down as you came out. Yeah, like people, <laughs> the kids that you would know that were fucking gangbanging or just selling drugs, doing drugs at the normal public school. So it goes, you know, private school, public school, and then it goes to the degenerates and then fucking fuck them. Just let, <laughs> let them run around wild in the streets. So I was a level above running wild in the streets, even though after, after school, we would run wild <laughs> in the streets. I mean... During that time, I just wanted to live in the streets because I could just do whatever I wanted. I just, I felt like I had nothing. Well, because of what had happened, why I got kicked out. And like I said, I'll explain later on. Why I got kicked out, um, both my mom and dad, even though they had already raised me wrong. But because my mom and dad, they looked like, looked at me with embarrassment and just like, like, just get the fuck out like just get out of the house already just i don't want anybody to know that you're related to me sort of look and that's how they treated me and that's how they looked at me so i wanted to live in the streets and i tried to be out as much as i could and just be out of the house and just be running stuff and like i never did anything for money i did i did it all for reputation like i would rob you fuck you up beat you to where you couldn't walk and then just leave and then just toss your wallet in the bushes because it wasn't money that i was after it wasn't anything anything materialistic it was about me wanting to feel in control me wanting to have a power me wanting to wanting to be known and have my own uh, <laughs> I know it's fucked up to all the things I'm saying, but in my mind back then, I wanted, you know how you have your, if you, if you were a baseball card or whatever, like you had all your stats and this and that, I wanted mine to be stacked. And I wanted it to be stacked with the things that I did, that I achieved on my own, even though the fucking shit that I achieved was petty as fuck or criminal or just low life shit. But at the time, I felt like I was slipping and I needed something to grab onto. And the only thing I could grab onto was hood life shit and because i felt so powerless i felt so stupid and i felt so abandoned i wanted my name to make people's tongues burn if they mentioned my name i wanted people to fear me i wanted people to see me from a block away across the street i wanted i wanted them to be like there's that motherfucker you cross the street like like if i was a rogue pit bull it's not that i did i just i just i wanted to be somebody i wanted to be i just wanted to be i just wanted to matter because before, my parents didn't care about me, nobody cared about me, and everybody thought the worst of me, and I was lower than fucking gutter trash. Nobody cared. Nobody wanted to interact with me. Nobody. So I was like, all right, well, if you don't want to interact with me, well, fuck you. I'll make you fear me. That's what I felt. I was angry. I was always angry. I was angry at everything. Even things that didn't make sense. But so the people I ran with, I just ran with anybody. Because I just wanted my name to spread out. And it wasn't really my name. It just wanted my reputation. The people to like, just anybody. Just like, oh, you see that dude, just back away. Just Have you ever seen those videos where you see a shark swimming and you see all these fishes like just swim, like move out the way? That's what I want to be like. Because if people move away from you, that means that they know about you. And for me at the time, it was like, I didn't care if they knew me in a bad way or a good way. I just wanted somebody to know about me. It's easier to be feared than it is to be loved so one week i would run with norteños which would be my friends people that i met in enterprise people that i met on the streets and then next week i would run with sureños because most of my cousins were sureños so i would run with them and the next week after that any low lives drug dealers thieves like 
you know how, uh, well, I think this maybe is like more towards uh, California, but like if you if you dance on both sides of the lines, they call you a leva. But both sides knew I wasn't a leva. I just, you know what? If you need help, you need help. I'll help you out. But I wouldn't fight against each other. If you needed to do some dirt, carjack some dude, or just bum rush some dude, I'd be there. Just don't fuck with me. And it's just the whole time I would sleep all day, I lived at nighttime. I lived under the orange glow of the streetlights, hiding in the shadows whenever I saw the cops. I did whatever I had to do just to spread my name. And even though I hated my name because I have the same name as my dad, but I wanted to spread my own name. And I mean, to, to this day, I still want to change my name because of, I don't, I don't want to have my dad's name because I don't want to have anything attached to him. And I don't want any sort of success attached to him and uh, I'll explain why some other time but I know my name is extremely unique and I wouldn't want I I don't want my name to be unique I want to be I want to be able to blend in like I'd have a name like I'd want my name to be some fucking common ass random ass name like Juan Miguel like any Mexican ass name because I don't want to be known I don't I don't really even though I'm fucking making these podcasts and all this. But it's not that you're... N- it's complicated. But anyways... <laughs> back to what I was saying. I just wanted to make a name for myself. I was angry the whole time. I've always been angry. And I was angry before. I mean, the whole reason why I got into... Well, not really. I, I've always been angry for other reasons. And I'm still angry. And I've been angry. But now that I'm older and I'm wiser, like, I've learned to control myself. But back then, I was just... I had no filter. I had nothing to hold me back. I did whatever I wanted to. And the people that I ran with, maybe they were the same. But at the end of the day, everything was on me. I remember this one time. Because, okay, so when I tell you that I've done everything, I've done a lot. I know that you are all going to judge me. And that's okay. You can judge me all you want. But... This is who I am. This is what I've done. I'm not going to hide anything from anybody. If you look down on me, then you're going to look down on me. But it's just like, you can't change your past. I can't change mine. And like I said, I'm trying to save everything that I am in these recordings. And this is who I am. I regret a lot. And there's nothing I can do to change the past. There's nothing I can do to repay or, 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 or... apologize to the people that I've affected, but this is who I am. And if I say certain things and I'm laughing and I'm whatever, it's not that I find it funny. It's just how I deal with pain. It makes me uncomfortable, but the only way I can deal with it is if I make a joke out of it, just to ease it, just to just to make it not awkward, just to not make it hurt. Hopefully that makes sense. But fuck, man, I've done a lot of shit. And I'm going to put it all out there because... Whether I like it or not, that's who I am. And that's what's shaped me so far, and it still lingers in my soul. I know you're going to judge me, but before you do judge me, would you be willing to put everything out there? Would you be willing to put all your mistakes, all your sins? 99% of the time, you wouldn't. (laughs) It's like that one scene in Scarface. You need the bad guy so you can point your fucking fingers. If I have to be the bad guy so you can feel better. Hey, 
that's what I'll do. Anyways, <laughs> back to what I was saying. So, <clears throat> when I was doing all that shit, um, fuck, I came so close to being shot at. I came so close. You don't even understand. I came so close to so many shit, and I've lucked out. I don't know what I had on me that was a lucky charm, but I've skate like I've slipped out of so much trouble by the skin on my teeth. Like this one time, I, even though I already explained it, I might laugh, I might joke about it, but now it's because it's years afterwards, and I know I was being a scumbag. I know I was being a fucking loser and this and that. But I mean, after the life you lived, the only way to make it not her to make you not feel like a loser it's just to make fun of it so this is what i'm doing now <laughs> so one time i was in the house that me and three guys broke into because we knew that family was having a quinceanera so we broke in i guess they had set up because we had been doing this for a long time we've been robbing people's houses and breaking in and either breaking in just to hang out breaking in to steal stuff breaking in just whatever so they had been on the lookout for us and um they were waiting for us so we broke in from the backyard through the master bedroom and um the cops busted the front door and they ran in i was in the kitchen and you know how there's this like say you're going down the hallway and the kitchen's to the right but the hallway keeps going and then the kitchen merges back into the hallway to the left and then it keeps going down to the master bedroom so when i went towards the kitchen that's when the cops broke in. They ran up. So they knew that we were in there. And so we knew that we were both in there because we could hear each other fucking breathing. I was on the, uh, I was in the kitchen. He was in the hallway. I was holding my breath. He knew that I was on the other side of that fucking kitchen. And then I heard him unclip his gun. And I was just like, whoa, fuck, man. How the fuck do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? The only thing I can think about is like, just like in the movies. <laughs> There was a spoon on the counter, so I grabbed the spoon. I threw it towards the left because it, I, I'm, I'm staring at the wall. On the other side of the wall, I know the cop is there. So for me to run out, I need to go right. I grabbed a spoon, and I threw it to the left side of the hallway, and I fucking booked it right. That shit hit the wall. He turned around because he had a flashlight on his fucking vest. I saw him turn, and then I fucking ran. I bolted. You know how, like, I don't know if you get, like, you run so fast that you almost trip that you got to use the wall as the fucking, as your running path. I did that. And then I kept running down the fucking thing, down the hallway. The whole time I knew, like, this motherfucker's going to shoot me in the back. They'll shoot me in the back. Shoot. That's the whole, that's all I was thinking about. Shoot me back. Shoot. And, and it was the only light that was lighting anything was a cop's flashlight on his vest. As soon as I threw that spoon, I saw that flashlight and I just fucking bolted. Bolted down the hallway. And right before I got to the door, I saw his light hit my back. And I was like, I, I don't know if you ever, like, you know, on roller coasters, you, you like, right before you go down, you fucking tense up. Or right before you jump off a, uh, right off, like, right before you jump off the high dive, you fucking tense up. That's what I did. I like, every fucking muscle in my body tensed it up, waiting for that fucking shot of my back. I got lucky he didn't shoot me. I kept running. Jumped through the fucking window, ran down, jumped over the fence, ran down the alley, kept running. I never ran faster in my life. Ran down the alley, hit the corner, and I saw a long converted school bus for field workers. Ran, broke in there, went in there, and laid it at the very back. 
I stayed there all night. Cops were still up and down that street looking for me and trying to find me until the owner of the bus came in, started the bus, and he started his route to pick up the workers. Like, the, you, like you could see the sun coming up. You could see black of the sky turning into blue, light blue, and then you starting to turn into orange. <laughs> and it got to one point where he got to one of his stops, and I was like, okay, this is where I get off. <laughs> and fuck, man. I look back and I'm like, fuck, I was so fucking stupid. I could have died so many times. Just stupid shit. When he stopped at one of his stops, I started walking off and he looked at me. <laughs> he was like, I can see it in his eyes. Like, fuck, man, I need to start locking my bus. <laughs> nah, nah, he didn't look at me like that. He looked at me all scared because it surprised him. He looked at me all scared. He started yelling at me. I just ran off. And I like I still remember that night vividly, even though even though I didn't I came close like that cop could have shot me. He was justified. I still didn't learn my lesson. I've been in handcuffs so many times <laughs> and not in the good way. <laughs> I've been in handcuffs so many times and on the curb as I searched the car with the red and blue lights flashing with the radio chatter in the background. But I mean, around that time, I was usually all gone. I didn't care, I guess. I was just, I was always out of it. I mean, I was always influenced by something. I just, I didn't want to think, and I just wanted to destroy. I just wanted everything to burn. I just wanted everything to hurt and break down and lash out and just kick everything over. I hate to say this, but our crew, I guess, was pretty thorough, mainly because of me. I mean, I was I was the main planner. Like I, I if we were gonna do something, I was the like, oh, how are we gonna do this? So they looked at me, kind of like a fucked up eighteen. <laughs> I was like Hannibal. I was like, I love it when a fucked up plan sort of comes together. <laughs> I know I was a scumbag. I know I was a low life. So much shit I did, and I can never make up for it. And I would have stayed on that path. And I mean, I'm I'm an atheist. I'm not really an atheist. I'm 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 a person that doesn't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe. I do believe in a higher power, but I don't believe in the higher power that's written any books on the planet. But I do believe there was an intervention in my life from a higher being because I didn't change until there was this drunk ass Mexican dude. I don't know if you guys know where the Primavera was or whatever, but down on C Street, we were gonna rob this dude. Well, mainly me. I was going to rob this dude. Usually what we do, there's a lookout, there's a, there's a driver, somebody around the corner. There's I have a backup that's ready to run up in case something goes down. So I go up to this guy and I ask him, hey, uh, do you know this place or do you have any gum or whatever, whatever. And then while he's looking or he's searching, I lay him out and then we rob him. But because we've been doing it for so long, I guess word spread around and they knew. You know, if anybody asks you this, or anybody says this, or anybody comes up to you, these motherfuckers are going to jack you. So, I guess we got to the peak of it, and I went up to this guy, before I asked him, he uh, he pulled out a revolver on me. In Spanish, he told me, Hijo de tu puta madre, a mí no me van a agarrar, puto. And then he, basically he's saying, like, you son of a bitch, I'm not the one. And then he put the gun to my temple. And when I say to my temple, I mean like he this this is this is the this is around the winter. 
this is like November and December. It was already cold outside. But when he hit that fucking barrel of the side of my temple, I felt a new kind of cold. And I felt that shit would go up and down my body. And I was like, okay, fuck, man. There's nothing I can do right now. If this if if this dude doesn't pull the trigger right now, if I try to run away or do anything else, he at least has eight shots. I can't run that fast. I can't move that fast. So while he's pushing the side of my temple, I can hear my quote unquote so-called friends running to the car, getting in the car, slamming the door and running off, leaving me there. And I was like, well, fuck, man. You know what? I've done so much shit. I guess this is how I go. And this is how it's supposed to end. This is how the universe balances itself out. Because of all the shit that I've done, this is how I pay. And they left me to either die. But I didn't die. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you how I got out of that. Because that's going to be... You know what? Because that's such an important night in my life, it needs its own podcast. It needs its own explanation. It needs to be fully understood in order for you guys to understand how important that was to me. And every day, I regret everything that I've done. Not because I almost died, but because it made me realize the people that I surround myself with, they weren't my friends. They didn't care about me. They didn't want anything to do with me. They used me. And so much evil that I brought into this world. I don't like the guy that put the gun to my head. I, I've never held hatred towards him. I've never held anything like that towards him. I'm actually very thankful towards him because he helped me snap out of it. And I know like, you know, well, you're a fucking low life. You should have been put down. Trust me. I highly regret everything that I've done and the people that I've hurt. And I will forever carry that shame and guilt and even though I make jokes about it, it's my way of dealing with it. Just to make the blades that cut my heart just a little less sharp. But at the same time, how many of y'all would be willing to put all of your sins, failures, regrets, and embarrassments all out there? Yeah, exactly. But this is me. This is the things that I've done. These are the things that have shaped me. I'm not going to hide them. Because to hide them means to deny the people that I've hurt. It means to deny them their honor. It means to deny them their humanity. To deny them is worse than what I've done. Because they are human beings. They have family that care about them. They have people that fight for them. And for me to just throw it to the wind is for me to treat them less than trash. And one day I will pay the ultimate price, but for now, because some people, I can never ask for their forgiveness because they're gone. So I can never be at peace. How can I if I can never know if they forgive me? So in their honor, I will forever remember them and hold their embers of their being close to the walls of my heart, no matter how much it burns. And yeah, I should forgive myself, but I can't because all the things that I've done, I don't deserve to forgive myself. 
So to get back on track. <laughs> so so to get back on track. <laughs> I forgot how I even started this. So to get back on track. The intro. This film I've watched and listened to every day the whole time in English and in Spanish on VHS tape. That means that I would wake up, listen to it while I was getting ready, and then pause it, go do whatever I do, come home, put rewind, and do it all over again. But it didn't take till recently to understand what exactly it was about. In my younger days, I saw it as proving yourself. It didn't take till I was through all the bullshit and experienced so much pain that I understood that it was that it's about the people that are around you. They influence you in a good or bad way to be aware of who you mingle with. And even though you don't know it or understand it, they shape you. The dudes I ran with, they shaped me, they changed me. But whether I like it or not, I am who I am because of them, whether I want to accept it or not. And I appreciate the lessons I've gained, no matter where it came from. The lessons and the persons don't go hand in hand. I don't take who they were with me. I take what I learned from interacting with them with me. You can have one without the other. Yeah, I've done a lot of shit, but following in the steps of John Constantine. But the only difference is that I don't believe in heaven. So I'm not trying to buy my way into heaven. The closest thing to explain it is, is this quote that I came up with. And it's inspired by something else, but... It's molded to fit what I feel. And if you can find out the source, then you find out the source. But if you don't, then it's new for you. This is my code. This is what I mold my life off of. This explains everything that I am. This explains everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm trying to do. This is the quote. I wish to accomplish a deed so great that it would forgive all of my failures and sins. And in the end, allow me to die as a decent man. I don't strive to be a great man. I don't strive to be a god. I don't strive to, rem I don't strive to be remembered as JFK, MLK, Gandhi, Joan of Arc, anybody. I just want to be level. I just want to bring enough good to level me out for all the evil I've done. That's all I strive for and all I wish to be remembered as or to accomplish to bring more good than the evil I produced. The people that we interact with are the ones that hold us together. That's why I help people out. That's why I help with their dreams. That's why I do things without asking for anything because I've already paid for you. I've already paid for us. I can't charge you for anything because I've already paid for it. There are some people that I'm very thankful for that keep me centered, keep me keep me on this planet. Even though I don't talk to them every day, but I do appreciate them for what they have brought into my life or what what I've learned from them. Because I do like all the stuff that I've done, I I hate myself. I hate everything that I've done. I hate it, it's confusing because I hate everything that I've ever done. I hate how I've been and I hate how I've treated everybody but at the same time I'm only I'm only appreciative of everyone because of everything that I've done because I know what it's like to hurt and I know what it's like to hurt somebody 
So it makes me a better person. So it's like you can't have one without the other. I can't be a good person now without being a bad person earlier. And maybe I'm just too stupid to understand, but I can't figure out a better way to for any of that. You know what? Maybe I am hella stupid. <laughs> I am very thankful for the people that stuck around, the people that still interact with me, even though I'm fucking jackass or whatever I am. But I appreciate them for what they brought into my life or what I, for what I've learned from them. And in no particular order, <laughs> Philip, I appreciate you for being so forgiving. But at the same time, you gave me the courage to chase my dream. And you were always inspirational. You started out of nowhere. You started out of left field. You didn't even know the dream that you had. But as soon as you found it, you took off and you ran with it. And you've accomplished way more than anybody I've ever known. Anybody in the valley, anybody. It's such short time. When I see all, like, when we talk about comics and, and all the people that have been around in the industry for so long, it took them 15 years for what you could do in five. And that makes me feel like, okay, I can do this shit. Because I don't feel like I'm more than you or less than you. I just feel like, you know what? I don't even consider that. I just, Phillip's doing it. There should be no excuse for me not to do it. And I don't know how many years I've lived and I had that dream in me. And it didn't take until us meeting on that fucking balcony for me to realize, you know what? Fuck it. If this is what you want to do, then fucking do it. Don't let anybody stop you. And you lit a fire on me that I can't put out and I'm not going to put out. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it does. <laughs> Roger, you made me understand how important it is to be kind to others and the power of communication and being liked. Even though you're my younger brother, every time we've had to interact with anybody, like everybody always says, oh, where's Roger? What's, what's Roger doing? And I understand that. I understand that, that that the way you are, you're very charismatic, you're very understanding, and you're very unjudging. So people like that about you. I didn't have that because I had to have because I was the firstborn, and being the firstborn in a, in a in a second language, I had to be very wall up. You didn't have to be that, and that's good. But you made me understand that I can't be I can't be on the top of my game if I have my wall up. I have to be able to to interact with people. I have to be able to talk to people and be likable. I can't just do shit from the shadows. I have to interact with the public and I have to be understanding. And that might not make sense to you, but to me it makes a lot of sense because of the business that I'm in. So even though you're my little brother, just like all my brothers, I and sometimes I feel retarded because it's like, shouldn't your little brothers look up to you? And it's the other way around. I look up to my little brothers. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird, but I feel it's like, like, like if there, there's a highway that there's fucking a uh, snow, somebody has to plow through it for them to come behind you and then take advantage of it. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to anybody else but me. <laughs> and Manuel, you made me understand to not be closed-minded. To be closed-minded is stupid because I don't, I don't know if you remember, but I remember I judged you one time while we were in the Durango. I think we we're on Shaw. I don't know where we're going. We were in the Durango, we were on Shaw, and you were listening to the Killers. And I kind of made fun of you. I was like, what the fuck are you listening to? And this is the time I, I was only listening to rap. I don't remember what grade I was in or whatever. And I judged you. And then, I don't I think it was later on that month or that year, that album turned out to be one of my most, like, most favorite albums ever. And I'm sorry I judged you, and I'm sorry I made you feel bad. You taught me a very important lesson. Don't be closed-minded. 
be open to everything. And I still feel guilty about that. I still feel bad. I'm sorry. And Soul, you made me understand how important it is to have family. You made me understand. I mean, yeah, we all think Kevin is the glue for our little family. I mean, quote unquote, our. Because when I think of family, I don't think of mom and dad. I think about the brothers. And you might think that Kevin is the glue, but it's not. Kevin's not the glue. You're the glue. You're the one that connects all of us. Because even though we're closer, there's still gaps between us. But I think that's only because of everything we've been through. You are the glue that holds us all. And I love your view on life. And I wish it could be like that. But I can't because of everything I've been through. And I'm proud of you, Soul. <laughs> Kevin, you are what the world should be like. I think you and I share the same heart. Only yours hasn't been damaged. And you should be protected as a national treasure. It's crazy because I'm the oldest and you're the youngest, but we are pretty close. But I think you and I are the closest. But yeah, I do feel like you are what this world needs. What I admire about you the most, besides your intelligence, is your purity and your innocence. Just the best things in humanity. I know it might change, and I know it might seem too high of a pedestal, but it's the truth. And I know you'll change, but... That's how I'll always remember you, no matter what happens. And out of all the brothers, we all know that you're the smartest. But don't let it get to your head. Fucking relax. <laughs> and, um, Silver. <laughs> Yo, you didn't know you were going to be on this list, huh? <laughs> Dude, I really appreciate you, man. No matter how long it's been or how far apart, I'm proud of you, man. I'm glad you still keep me around. Even though I bring nothing to the table, it's crazy how long we've known each other and how long you've allowed me to stay in your life. Even though you're younger than me, dude, I look up to you. And James, whenever I think of you, I was here in the back of my mind. Fucking Eloy. <laughs> we've been through so much, man. It's crazy the things we've done and all the things we've been through. From you coming with me in the middle of the night to go pick up Roger without questioning. Or the time... I broke down in front of you, in front of the fire. I know you have your own family and all, but I know you'll always be there no matter what. I appreciate you, man. David? <laughs> Sorry we ate your hamburger in Oakhurst. <laughs> while you were looking at a raccoon. <laughs> so, while I was working at Chick Chansey, like, uh, uh, I lost my license, so I couldn't drive up and down there. So, I had called David... No, I called, I think I called David or Roger, called somebody. So David and Roger came up, they were going to come up from Madera. They were going to come up to pick me up to take me home because I got off work. So I told him, you guys come pick me up. I got, I'll buy you dinner or lunch or whatever the fuck it was. So David and Roger came up to pick me up. When they came to pick me up, everything was closed at, at the at Chuck Chansey. So I told him, hey, you know what? There, There's a Carl's Jr. in Oakers. So a little five minute drive up, up the road, we can go get some. We can go get something to eat. We go, we show up, we order, we sit down. David is sitting on the bench with his back to this huge window. And and uh, towards the window, there's this forest and everything. And it's me and Roger facing David, facing the window. So we're just sitting there. We get our hamburgers. As soon as the hamburgers get there, we're like, David, you see that raccoon? <laughs> he turns around like, where's it at? We're right there, stupid. So we're just pointing in random directions, trying to help him find the raccoon. I took a bite of his hamburger. 
And he's like, where's it at? And then Roger points it the other way, and then Roger takes a bite out of his hamburger. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but, like after Roger and I took a bite, we put his hamburger down. We're like, oh, you missed it. And he turns around. He sees his hamburger halfway gone. He's like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> fucking David. That shit's hilarious. I still laugh about that shit all the fucking time. <laughs> Stupid David. <laughs> Nah, but you can be an ass sometimes, David. But I love you, man. Even though you get stupid sometimes. And you get all moody like a bitch. <laughs> but I know you'll always be there for me, man. And I'll always be there for you. Hey, but you gotta erase those videos pictures. All of them. Because they incriminate both of us, stupid. <laughs> there are other people, but don't worry. If I haven't mentioned you yet, it's because I'm saving you for a special story. Because I really am putting it all out there. You are important in my life, and I want you to know what you mean to me. Just hang in there, daddy. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys haven't heard the Phil and Monsky show with Reyna, it's on iTunes. Um, check it out. Uh, if you can't find it under that, I guess it would be under a Not Your Average Radio show or something. But yeah, check it out. So right now, Phil and Monsky are on tour. Uh, so to them, what up, niggas? <laughs> I wish I could be there. Phil and Monsky are on a fucking road trip right now. <laughs> I just see, I see Monsky come out of the fucking uh, out of the Seven Eleven <laughs> with big gulps. <laughs> Phil was like, "Hey, like we're supposed to be rolling on a budget." He's like, "It's okay. We got, I got extra money." He's like, "Where'd you get the extra money?" I sold some stuff. <laughs> so, Mosky, what did you sell? You know, baseball cards, a chair, a lamp, Petey. <laughs> Petey? So Petey didn't even have a head. Phil, I took care of it. <laughs> a pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, like these two big ass dudes in a little car. I feel like they're sellies. <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, Philip has his foot on the dashboard. He's clipping his toenails. Monsky's driving and cutting up garlic with the razor blade, trying to make a spread. <laughs> and I don't know why, but in my mind, like they pulled over at a rest stop. One of them washed their shirt and they put it on the side of the car to dry while they're driving around. I just flap around like crazy and stretching. <laughs> Dude, who's ever shirt is hanging outside the car window? I think it's done. Pull it back in before it stretches too much. Because you're not going to have a shirt anymore. You're going to have a tube sock. <laughs> just driving around two big ghosts, beef jerky. That shit's hilarious, man. <laughs> These guys aren't good fellas. You know, they say like, oh, yeah, he's okay. He's he's right. He, he's a good fella. <laughs> Philip Monsky like, hey, yeah, uh, I guess they're all right. They're all right fellas. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> that one's pretty big, and that, that's, that's how they introduced them. <laughs> like, all right, that one's pretty big, and that one's bald. 
That would be fucking the lamest fucking uh, cop duo action movie. <laughs> the big guy and the bold, the big and bold guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, that shit is hilarious. Yeah. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I had recorded that shit. My fucking recorder died, and I had to jump on my phone. But yeah, so that's the kind of shit I tell Philip. <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, whoever's listening, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you guys don't judge me too hard. <laughs> and uh, thank you to everyone that's been giving me feedback, uh, letting me know how I sound, and uh, if it makes sense, or just comments and stuff like that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, and if y'all have any questions, send them to the, the Snap, Facebook, or Instagram. If you guys want me to talk about something or anything, just hit me up. But anyways, um, I'll let y'all go. And thank you again for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later.